Hey, this is Mitch Rose. I'm the lead pastor of City Hills Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message encourages you, it inspires you, it challenges you to live your best life. Take a listen. Here's this week's message. Everybody shout amen. Come on, shout a big amen. I want to get you out of here because you're going to come to welcome to church tonight. I can't wait to meet so many new families. Last month, 21 new people, 22 new people joined the team last week. You need to be one of those this week. If you're here for the very first time, you think, man, I just want to hear more about vision and values. I actually teach that. Brandy and I will be there tonight. I'd love to meet you. It's a great way for us to share a meal together and meet all the new families who uh, are just interested in more about our church uh, family. Now, uh, I, I want to ask you something. I rarely ask you for a heavy, heavy commitment. This is not really a pressuring kind of church. Some of you grew up, I grew up in church like that, you know, where you felt like, man, it's every every week was like, this is the week. I'm going to go to hell if I don't go to the front. You know what I mean? Oh, God. And then and then I was pretty sure I was going to hell on Monday anyway, and then and I had to wait till next Sunday. Anyways, not the kind of church uh, that, that, uh, that, that we are. But I am going to ask you for a, a, a commitment, um, even if you're here for the very first time. The next six weeks are going to be absolutely pivotal in the life of our church. Uh, as a matter of fact, and this is a big statement, I, I think the next six weeks are probably the biggest uh, services we've hosted as a church in five years. And so I'm asking every single person uh, in the room today, everybody at Church Online, if you've been waiting for a chance to come to church, this is it. I'm asking you over the next six weeks to be faithful don't miss a single uh, Sunday. It's the biggest six weeks in our history. Um, and I'm, I'm going to lay out, uh, God willing, over the next six weeks, uh, our vision um, uh, as we move into this next season. In case you missed it, everybody, we're about to move from portable to permanent and to God be the glory, everybody. Come on, to God be the glory. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about that in a moment. I'll preach uh, that way to you today. But uh, uh, over that, uh, we, uh, we, I just I want to bring you on this journey with me. Uh, we are a church of next steps. We're a church that takes next steps. We take our spiritual next steps together. We built our entire church around spiritual journey. And so the next six weeks, I want to bring you on a spiritual journey to generosity and how we can uh, go from portable to permanent. Now, let me just go ahead and pause and tell you, we are not a portable church. We're a permanent church that meets in a portable location. Can I get a good amen? The vision's always been permanent. The presence of God has always been permanent. The church family is permanent. We're just now we're just moving to align our physical location to match up with the vision we've always uh, we've always had. Amen, everybody. Like we're just we're just aligning ourselves physically with what God's always been doing here uh, spiritually. And the next six weeks, matter of fact, next week I'm actually calling a whole. Just a whole church, just a family meeting. And even if you're here for the first time, you get to, you get to just jump in on a family meeting. And I want to give you uh, uh, the vision for the next five years of our church. I, I really do. I think next, now I'm calling next Sunday Vision Sunday. It's out of the normal rhythm. Uh, I, I'm a rhythm kind of preacher. We, we already have Vision Sunday on the schedule. But I called an audible with our team and I said next Sunday's Vision Sunday. The Sunday before our five-year anniversary, I'm going to lay out the next five years together in our campaign as we move together in vision. Can I get a good amen, everybody? Now, I don't want you to hear building campaign because we don't we don't do campaigns are for politicians. Nobody's running for nothing here. Okay, Jesus is still king. Can I get a good? Nobody's running for any of that, and y'all can't get rid of me. I started the church anyway, so nobody's running for nothing. There's no campaign, but we are going to go on a journey together, uh, and and so next week's going to be exciting. Two weeks from now, everybody say two weeks. Everybody say two weeks. 
Two weeks from now is going to be bananas, everybody. It is our five-year anniversary at City Hills Church, and it's going to be a party, party, party. I make my amen corner sit on the front row. Y'all are going to learn in the back how to amen <laughs> eventually. It's, I'm telling you, it's going to be a party. And I'm so excited to tell you, one of my best friends in all the world, uh, maybe the closest friend I have uh, this side of heaven, uh, is preaching for me that weekend. Uh, Pastor Jeremy Foster is here from Hope City in Houston, Texas. If you've never heard Pastor Jeremy... Some of you have never heard Pastor Jeremy before. Uh, let me just, and I'm not, like, I'm, I, I told you how close we are, but I'm being, I'm being very serious with you. Uh, their church is six years old, and in the first uh, two years, they grew from zero to 5,000 people. Uh, the best that we know, most, most magazines agree, outreach magazines agree, uh, it's the fastest growing church probably in American history. It's just, it's honestly a, a once-in-a-generation revival movement. Uh, in Houston, Texas, uh, centered in Houston, Texas. They're now currently uh, all over Houston in several campuses, uh, building their first permanent building. They're portable too, by the way. They set up this morning in a, in a high school, and, uh, and they're building their first permanent campus as well. Um, but God has a unique anointing on him for the world. Most people uh, have heard him preach literally millions and millions and millions of people around the world. I just so happen to be a close friend. We've traveled the world together preaching for decades and uh, have the opportunity uh, to be in his world. And I'm excited to have him that day. If you've got any friend, if you've got one friend in this world, I want him to be at church with you on our five-year birthday. I'm telling you, bring in-laws, outlaws, neighbors, co-workers, friends, family members. Hey, that back wall back there, by the way, is removable. There's a whole gymnasium behind. We'll fill the whole place up with chairs, with friends and family. Let's celebrate big that day, everybody. Come on. Let's make a big celebration. And if you've been around City Hills very long, you know there's going to be cake because we, we don't do anything without food, and it's a party. And so we're going to party big that day. Our team's leading worship. I'm here. But do not miss today. Matter of fact, when you came in, there are some invite cards. Reach underneath your seat right there. There are some invite cards. There's a whole bundle of them. Just, it, just bring, bring, bring. Invite, invite, invite. Bring your friends and family to our five-year birthday, two weeks away from that. When you see it on social media, share it. Make sure you're inviting people. Social media is to do door docking. Anybody, anybody grew up in church used to knock on doors, you know what I mean, hand out tracks and be like, you're going to hell or what, you know, whatever the track said, you know. And Social media is a new way to do that. It's a way to invite your friends and family. Uh, I hope that you do that uh, with us on that day. And then everybody say three weeks from today. Three weeks from today, three weeks from today, I'm very, uh, we just decided I, I wanted the biggest party we could possibly throw. This is only five years, Pat. Imagine 20 years. Bro, it's crazy. I may jump in from a helicopter. There's no telling what could happen. But on our five-year, I decided I was going to extend the party to two weeks. And so the, uh, the Sunday after our birthday, October the 3rd, uh, we have my pastor and mentor here from, uh, from Fredericksburg, Virginia, actually the entire state of Virginia. Uh, he pastors one of the fastest growing churches on the East Coast, one of the largest churches uh, in Virginia and on the East Coast. Seven campuses around the state of Virginia, an international television ministry and uh, international campuses. I'm really excited to welcome uh, from LifePoint, Virginia, Pastor Daniel Floyd is with us live uh, on October the 3rd. That's three weeks from today. It's going to be an amazing day, everybody. And, and he's a pastor in my life. Everybody needs a pastor. Say amen to that. 
Everybody, I need a pastor. You need a pastor. Everybody needs somebody. Matter of fact, last week I spent three days with him. Uh, I just, I need that. Everybody needs that. When I counsel you, it's like one hour. I need three days with my pastor, okay, everybody? That's how messed up I am. I need three days with my pastor to work me out. And so uh, I'm really excited that he is with us as well. Okay, you ready for God's word? Are you ready for God's word? I, um, I grew up in Arkansas. Um, by the way, just a side note here. Uh, anybody, uh, University of Texas fan? Where's all the University of Texas fans? Just ra- raise your hands right now, uh, losers. Raise your hands. Um, just so you know, woo pick suey. Woo pick suey. Woo pick suey. We absolutely obliterated you last night in college football. Woo pick suey. 40 to 20. 40 to 20. Woo pick suey. Woo pick suey. And so Arkansas beat Texas. Did I mention Arkansas beating Texas last night? Did I mention that to you? Arkansas did beat Texas last night, 40 to 20. And so I grew up in, uh, in the Deep South. I know that's hard to believe with my accent, but um, I left when I was 10 years old. And uh, we moved to North Carolina and then, and then uh, started our ministry. Brandon and I got married and started our ministry, moved all over the South, uh, primarily in the Deep South and Mississippi and back in Arkansas. Then 11 years ago, I moved to Texas. Where's all my native Texans at? Where's all the te- Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go figure. Right? Nowhere else in the world does that happen but Texas. Nowhere. Absolutely nowhere. And even from Texas, like there's people from Houston. Where's all my Houston people at? There's yeah, Houston people. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give you I, I will give you the Astros. I'm gonna give you that, but uh that's that's the only thing I'm gonna give you. Um they actually have other sports teams. Nobody knows who the Texans are, nobody knows who the Rockets are. Spur where's all the Spurs fan? Everybody Spurs, yeah. Where's all my San Antonio people, like born and raised? Yeah. Here's the, here's the thing. Doesn't matter where home is, man. We got somebody on our team from Argentina. We, if you're here from Hungary, come on. That like, there's just always a home. There's home, and home always has a special feeling. Doesn't matter how long you've been gone. Doesn't matter where you come from. Doesn't matter how old you are. Doesn't matter the distance. Home just it always it always creates this feeling of home. Or or, or home home will give you next. Sometimes ne- like if you think about going home for the holidays, and you think, oh my gosh. My crazy alcoholic uncle is going to be there. I cannot sit by him one more day at a Thanksgiving meal. You know what I'm trying to say? Like I guess I'm, my cousins and my and the kids are screaming and somebody's going to bring up politics and Trump and I just can't do it. I can't do it. I cannot sit through another. You know what I'm trying to say? Home, it doesn't matter if it's positive or negative, better or worse. Home always has feelings. We use that we use that term all the time. It's in our it's in our language. It's where we get shaped. Home is where we're molded. Home is where we learn how to live. Home is where we get our identity. Home is where we get our name. Home is where we get our habits. Home, better or worse, good or bad, home means something to us. We build so much of the English language around it. We we call people a hometown boy or hometown girl or, 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 we, or we talk about having home field advantage like Arkansas did last night when we beat Texas if I didn't bring that up home field advantage right yeah. there's something about there's just something about home in baseball where's all my baseball fans at and ba- ba- I went to a minor league baseball last last week with my pastor and, and, and we sat in the stands and it's amazing in baseball we use language like this and you get to first base you hit the ball and you get to first base and you're still vulnerable you can be out and then, and, then, and, then, and then you run to second base. You can try to steal second. You run to second base as fast as you can, but you can still vul- you can be vulnerable. You can be out. And, and then you run to third base, and nobody, nobody gets into third base. They slide into third base. You know, every, everybody slides into third base. But, but because in third base, you're still vulnerable. You can be out. 
And if you're not a sports person, it, it makes sense. There's first base and there's second base and there's third base. This ought to be fourth base. You know what I mean? But they don't call it fourth base. They call it. And at home, you're safe. It's all over our language. There's always the idea of home. And when I come home, I, I get high fives and cheers and I'm safe and, and you're finally there. Write this in your notes. We long for home because home is where you belong. We long for a place called home, a feeling of home because home's where you belong. Anybody watch Cheers? Where's all my kids of the 80s and 90s at? You remember Cheers? You remember the theme song, Making Your Way? The world today takes everything you got. You're going to let me sing it by myself? Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Here's the course. Sometimes you want to go. Everybody knows your name. They're always glad you came. Want to be where you can see. Your troubles are all the same. Where everybody knows. Even at a bar. Even just bellied up to a bar. Everybody wants somewhere. It feels like home. It's why small groups are so important. It's why I'm telling you today, I'm asking you to join a group. So I'm asking you to get around people. You, you remember what that's like. It's where you actually sit physically around people and you share a meal and, and everybody's together. Because it's more than just a Sunday high five. It's a Monday. How's it going? It's a Wednesday. Are you okay? How can I pray for you? It's a Thursday. I'm here for you. No, no, nobody should, should be alone in, in a waiting room. No, nobody should be in an empty grave alone. No, 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 nobody, should have to, no, nobody should have to walk through life alone. Everybody wants somewhere where people know them and they're needed and they're known. And it's home. It feels like home. Our church, if you're new here, our church has had a whole lot of temporary uh, homes. We started in an elementary school. Uh, here in Bernie, Kendall Elementary School. And then we moved nine months later to a movie theater, AMC uh, movie theaters. And if you thought the elementary school bathrooms smelled bad, you should have been to the movie theater in Bernie. And we actually, it was so bad, we hired our own cleaning crew. True story. <laughs> they used to come in and clean uh, the whole theater for us on Sunday morning. And the staff was always like, we did that. And we were like, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> it was our temporary home. God grew our church. It was, it was amazing. We tri our church tripled there. Hundreds of salvations there. In a movie theater, y'all. I grew up in a really religious uh, family. I, I didn't get to go to the movies until I was 21. It's a true story. I didn't go to a movie theater until I was 21. We were already married. And Brandy had never been to a movie theater either. And I remember the first movie we went to, we were in North Little Rock, Arkansas. And we just knew God was going to kill us in the movie theater. Is it a true story? We just knew God was going to kill us there. Well, maybe she didn't. But I thought God was going to kill me there. And I thought there was lightning was going to strike there. And then God called us to start church in a movie theater. How funny is that? My grandmother would, oh, Jesus. But it was home. And, and, and it was home to so many hundreds and hundreds of families. And then we moved. When we lost the movie theater during COVID, we moved to Embassy uh, Landmark. And hundreds of people joined us at Embassy Landmark. Now here we are at Van Robb and Fair Oaks Ranch and... There's been these seasons of temporary homes. And listen, I told you, the next six weeks are going to be so important because we're entering a season of prayer and intentional planned generosity so we can build a home. 
But this is not just a home made out of bricks and stones. It's not just a home with drywall and floors and lights and, and all of that's great. And I'm super excited about that. Everybody on the setup and takedown team, can I get a good amen, everybody? Like, that's going to be amazing. I, I can't wait. But honestly, it, it has very little to do with, like, the physical location. I, we, we need to build a home where people can be needed and known. We need to build a home where disciples can grow their faith deep. And we need to build a home where we can train you so you branch out and do what God's called you to do. We need to build a home where thousands of people can pull up the seat to the table of grace and find hope and life. Where? At a home. At home. There's, there's, just a, there's a place. There's always been a place in God's word called home. The Bible is the story of the Bible is the story of home. Write this in your notes. From the Garden of Eden to the New Jerusalem of Heaven, you and I are hardwired for a place and for permanence. There's a longing for place and permanence. There's a longing for home. The Bible says it like this, that God put eternity in the hearts of men. That you know that there's something more than this world. That when you look around at all the pain and all the struggle and all the hurting and all the mess ups and all the sin and all the division and all the, uh, when, all the sickness. When you look at all the death and all, when you look at this world you go, man there's got to be something better than this world. And there is. It's home. God hardwired us in the Garden of Eden. He said, hey, I want you to have this place. This is going to be home. It was paradise and then sin messed up home. And then now for the last 6,000 years we have been longing for home. And I got news for you. This is not an end time message. But brothers and sisters, we are as close as we've ever been to home together in heaven. Jesus is coming back. The whole world, people are asking, why is it getting so bad? Why are things getting worse? Why is the weather doing what's it doing? Why are wars starting? Why is politics like it is? Why is division like it is? Where did COVID come from? I got to tell you, the Bible predicted all of this, and I'm not, I'm not telling you this, not end times. I'm just saying the Bible says that the whole earth is groaning and moaning like a woman in labor. Why? Because the earth knows Jesus is coming back. This sickness and death and pain, it can't last very long. The whole earth earth is ready for redemption. The whole earth is saying, Jesus, come back and make all things right. Redeem this whole thing. Recreate this whole thing. And the devil knows his time is very short. What do we do when we know we're between here and there? What do we do? We make home. Now there's two schools of thought when you realize you're near the end. You can either just phone it in and say, you know what? Everything's going to happen like it's going to happen. Somebody asked me one time about end time stuff. I said, Pastor, are you, do you believe in a pre-tribulation rapture? Or po- whoever that was, tell the, I'll call them back. Uh, post, post-tribulation, I have ADD too. Post-tribulation rapture or a mid-tribulation rapture. Now, I actually do have a, uh, a theory about it. I don't know. But I, I always tell people I'm a pan-tribulation kind of guy. Which means you put your faith in Jesus, let's get to work, and everything's just going to pan out. Come on, everybody. Everything's just going to work out. And, and there's a lot of people who just say, man, I'd rather not know. Just don't tell me about it. I don't want to know anything about it. I don't want to do anything. I'm just Matter of fact, the church at Corinth did this. Paul had to write. They, they heard Jesus was coming back. This is 2,000 years ago. Paul's preaching about Jesus coming back. They quit their jobs. They just sat on the front porch in rocking chairs waiting, looking at the eastern sky, thinking today may be the day. Paul's like, you got to go back to work. Y'all got to get up tomorrow. You got paid in bills. You got to, You know what I mean. You got. You got to keep going. You got to keep going. So you can sit back and just wait for for life to happen, or 
Or you can be a part of a vibrant, life-giving, spirit-empowered army of people who say we don't have much time and we got work to do and we got mission to be on and God's called us and empowered us and given us something to do. And we can make a difference in the world and we can take as many people to heaven as we possibly can with us. That's the kind of church you walked in today. A church that isn't satisfied to just sit back and say, I guess this is going to be what it is. No, 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 we got work to do. Jesus, his last words he leaves in Matthew 28, 19 are go, go, go. Go preach the gospel. Go make disciples. Go baptize believers. Go teach everybody. Go, go, go do something. There's a great co-mission. It's the mission between God and us. And it's a mission to build God a home. A place where people can have home. Author Jen Pollock Michael says it like this. All throughout scripture, we see this God who is keen about keeping house. Home is God's idea. Home's God. It's Jesus who would tell stories like the woman who lost a coin in her home. And she sweeps, the, she sweeps the entire home until she finds the coin that she lost. It's Jesus who tells the story of a prodigal son who takes his entire inheritance and he leaves home. And he goes and wastes it in the Decapolis. He goes and he finds a place where he can waste all of the money. Finds himself in a pig pen. And then the Bible says he comes to his senses one day and he longs for home. By the way, there's two people in the story. There's a younger brother who leaves Wastes everything and spends everything and is far from God. And there's an older brother. And guess what the older brother does? He stays at home. And he keeps tilling fields. Building a farm. And taking care of the ranch. By the way, everybody preaches about the lost prodigal. But i got to talk to people who are elder brothers. The people who decide, I'm going to stay here and build a home for prodigals to come back to. I'm going to stay here and keep the fire burning. We're going to keep the lights on for you. We're going to keep God's presence here. And God's, there's always going to be a place where you can come home to. It's Jesus who told the story. Jesus is the one who ate at Simon the leper's house. You didn't go, you didn't touch lepers. Jesus didn't just touch him, he went to his home. It was in the home of Simon the leper that the woman with the alabaster box comes in, breaks it over his feet, washes her feet with his tears. It's in a home. It's always home. Jesus is always talking about home. God, word is home is God's idea and home must be our idea. And I got to tell you today, while we sit in an elementary school, this has got to be the home for the hurting. And when we build a first permanent facility, it can't just be about screws and and bolts and it can't just be about floors and drywall. It's got to be about a home. Our world deserves a home. Our neighbors, our families, our co-workers, our communities, Bernie and Fair Oaks Ranch and Comfort and Pipe Creek and Bulverde and Spring Branch and New Bromble's and Shavano Park and Holotus and San Antonio and Kerrville. They deserve a home. They deserve a home. They deserve a place called home where they can be loved back to life in Jesus. They can be discipled to their tomorrows. They can be trained to use their gifts and we can deploy them to change the world. It's always at home. But we live in a world who rents And doesn't have home. We live in a world full of, I like it, over here today and then maybe over there tomorrow. We live in a world who just picks and chooses based on what I need today or want today. I live in Bernie. There are two HEBs close uh, to where I live. There's the Bernie HEB. And I love it. It's really big. But the parking lot makes me, I lose my salvation every time I park there. 
Holy Ghost leaves. Nobody's there saved, not in that parking lot. I have to park my truck, and then I get saved again on the way in to H-E-B. Every time. Every time. But it's my H-E-B, and I love it. And I absolutely love it. And I love all the people there. And I, I know where everything is. You know what I mean? It's, it's mine. But every once in a while, they don't have what I need. And H-E-B in Bernie is my wife, but the H-E-B in Leon Spring is my mistress. And every once in a while, I go to the rich, bougie H-E-B in Leon Springs. Y'all know it's bougie. Y'all know it is. All you people know it is. They got Tesla charging stations. Ain't no Tesla charging stations in Bernie. You can park a horse at our H-E-B. You park a Tesla in Leon Springs. But every once in a while, I'll cheat on my H-E-B and I'll go there. Why? Because they have what I need. And honestly, I'm not loyal to either one. I just go where they have what I need. And so many people build their spiritual lives, not loyal, not really building home, just, well, I need this now, and then I'll go over here and get this. Uh, can I go, can I pastor you for 30 seconds? Is that okay, everybody? Yeah. I'm going to do it anyway, so it would be better if you amen it. <laughs> COVID told a bunch of people that they could go to church on these. And i got to be honest with you, you can watch us have church on these, but you can't go to church on this. Because church in the Bible is ecclesia. It's the Greek word ecclesia. It literally means the gathering together. Unless you're gathering together with other people, you didn't go to church. You saw us have church. Right. Now, sometimes you're sick. Sometimes you're immune. Sometimes this is all you can get. And I'm thankful to God, I'm thankful to God for technology. But just so you know, the, the moment we can get together, you need to get together. Why? Because there's something about home. There's something about... And people that get together and say, man, I, I don't, that's not just the preacher I listen to on Sunday. This is the home that I belong to. This is where I put down roots. This is where my family is. This is where, it, write, write it this way. The world is full of transient, but it needs transformational. The world is full of transient, but it needs transformational. The world does not need another church of people who come in on Sundays and leave like cattle on their way out. And i got to be honest with you. There's some great churches in our area who I love when I first moved here. Brandon and I wrote a handwritten note card to every single church in this county. Every single one of them. Every single pastor here. I sent them a note card and I sent them a gift card. And I said, thank you for building. I'm going to go harvest in fields that I didn't plant. You planted. Thank you for being here. Thank you for your faithfulness. There's some great churches in the area. And you could probably find a church to just meet whatever need that you're in. And you can come in and you can hear a good message and you can walk out. This is the kind of church that I don't want you to just come in and walk out the same way. This is the kind of church where the presence of God is here and I want it to transform every area of my life. I want to have an encounter with God and experience with the Holy Spirit. I want everything to be different. I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better father. I want to be a better man, a better pastor because I was at church. I was transformed here. My mind is better. My heart is better. I'm not just transient looking for something off the spiritual grocery store shelf. No, no, no. I'm looking for a home where I can be transformed in my life moves forward. Can I get a better amen? Everybody. It's why. It's why. It's why. It's why. You want to know why the next six weeks? I'm asking you to be here. You don't know why I'm going to preach this way for six weeks and maybe the next six months. It's because we got to build a home for the hurting. It's why this spiritual journey to generosity is so important. It's because our world needs to know we're here to stay. 
we're putting down roots. I read this quote. I thought it was amazing. Walter Brugman said it this way. He said, our biggest existential crisis today is not meaninglessness. It's rootlessness. Read that. Our biggest existential crisis today is not meaninglessness. It's rootlessness. It's people who just move from here and there. And there's, it's, there's a transience to our world. He said it this way. To flourish, humans need place. There's no meanings apart from roots. We need to put down roots so we can bear a lot of fruit. Four years ago, we moved to um, we moved to the AMC Theater. And uh, how many of you came to church here when we were in the theater? Let me see all your hands. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Thanks for staying. It stunk, didn't it? Anyways. <laughs> and um, when you move to a new venue, we had to buy a whole lot of new stuff. And the same thing when we moved into this venue. You know, there's, uh, everything's... You know, we, we just you just have to adapt to the new portable place that you're in. So one of the things we did when we moved into that movie theater was said, man, how do we make this not feel like a movie theater, you know? And um, there's hot dogs and popcorn, you know? Nothing says, welcome Holy Spirit, like a big gulp, you know what I mean? And an icy, <laughs> you know? I remember people would come to church there. Y'all missed it. You really did. This is the best, because you could come to second service and get a hot dog, you know what I mean? Like, it was great. And so uh, one of the things we did was we said, man, we need to transform the lobby to like look like a church. But they were still showing movies, <laughs> which was wild. So there'd be people there to see the Smurfs, and we'd be having church. And I said, let's, let's line the hallways with signs. So in the back of the room today, there's a welcome home sign, and there's some other next step signs. And, and I said, let's line this whole wall. There's a whole big wall. I said, let's put God's word on it. Even if people are coming... To watch a movie, they're going to have to walk by God's word and God's plan for church. So we did. And when we lost the theater, we went to the MC Suites. And we tried to use the signs. They just didn't work. And we kind of put them away. But I'm kind of a, where's all my pack rats at? Where's everybody that saves everything? Yeah. I was like, Pat, you know my feeling, man. I was like, don't throw this away. This means something, you know. So a couple of months ago over the summer when we were walking around this building, I said, how could we use that sign? Because it really does encapsulate who we are as a church. I've always told you this, but we are a book of Ephesians church. So if you're new to the Bible, Ephesians is six chapters long. And it's really the doctrine of the church. Like if you, if you want to know God's idea for church, the book of Ephesians is God's idea. The first three chapters are, are, are the doctrine of who we are. The last three chapters are what you do with who you are. Anyway, uh, next year in the summer I'm going to preach a whole series on the book of Ephesians. But we've always been an Ephesians uh, kind of church. And, and I, wanted, I wanted something to say that. And so we put this on. When you came in today through those doors, there's a big orange sign right there. Yeah, the book of Ephesians is where we talk about the body of Christ. All this language that you hear about family, it comes out of Ephesians. You may not have known that. First time the body of Christ is Ephesians. Uh, it talks about the new man. It talks about the kingdom of God. It calls the church the household of God, the dwelling place of God, the bride of Christ. All of that's in the book of Ephesians. So I said, God, give me a verse about what you want to build 
in the hill country. What you want to build in San Antonio? Give me the, give, give me the verse of what you want to build to hundreds of families and thousands of people. A, a verse for college students who are deconstructing their faith that need to build it back up. A, a, a verse for middle school and high school students who are struggling with who God created them to be. A verse for couples who may come into church feeling like giving up and, and they're giving God and church one more chance. A, a, a church for people who are broken. Give me a verse for people who feel addicted and, and messed up and they don't feel worthy enough to come to church. Give me a verse for people who've walked away from faith and they're giving God another chance. Give me one verse, God, where I can just, if there's one thing that can say what all of this is, so I wrote it all over the wall. And and when we build our first permanent facility a couple of months from now, hopefully by Easter next year, when you walk in, you'll see it on the wall. It's the only thing I get to pick. Like, I picked the building. And I'm going to get this. <laughs> Everything else, branding pick. But I get this. Ephesians 2 and 19. It says, God is building a home. And He's using us all. Honestly, irrespective of how we got here. Some of you think, well, I got here because I was broken. I got here because our marriage was falling apart. I got here because we just needed hope again. I got here because I was lost. I got here because a friend invited me. I got here because my baby's on the stage. I got here because of what you have for students. I, I, I just I got here because we passed by and saw a sign. I, literally in first service, somebody got here because we hung a banner in front of our neighborhood. I just I got irrespective of how you got here, God is building a home and He's using all of us. And he used the apostles and prophets for the foundation. Let me just go ahead and clear this up for you in case you're wondering. Maybe you're new here. And maybe this solidifies that you're supposed to be here or you're not supposed to be here. But this is always going to be a Bible church. This is always going to be a church built on the apostles and prophets in this book. This, it doesn't matter what culture does. We're not going to change us to fit them. We're going to tell them, hey, you got to bend to fit this book. we got to, we got to bend to fit this. This is always going to be built on the apostles and the prophets. And then I love this. He said, but it didn't stop there. Some people think, well, man, that's just Book of Acts stuff. That's just stuff for the disciples. That's just what the apostles did. Miracles don't happen. People can't be filled with the Holy Spirit. People can't live that kind of powerful life. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, yeah, they can. It wasn't just for them. Now, look at it. Now, he's using you. (laughs) Now he's using you. Now he's using you, and he's fitting you in brick by brick. Stone by stone. Not only are we going to be an apostles and prophets kind of church, but Jesus Christ is the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. We're always going to be a Jesus exalting, Jesus glorifying, Jesus name. Jesus is higher. Jesus is exalted. Jesus is the great. Always. It's always going to be the cornerstone. And I love this. And I'm done. I know it's late. I'm done. And every time I come to this elementary school, every time we pull on that new church campus and every time we pulled into the AMC movie theater, the Embassy Suites Landmark, Kendall Elementary tonight when you pull on our office complex on I-10 to join the church and join the dream team, every day I see it taking shape, day after day a holy temple built by God look at this I am not asking you over the next six weeks to help build it I'm asking you to be built into it. I'm not asking you to have, this is not a camp, I'm telling you, I promise you, God knows my heart. 
I'm not asking you for anything. I'm asking you to ask God, where do I fit? What's my part? If I'm a brick, if you're building a home, and then look, look at this. All of us are built into it. And this is my favorite part of the whole verse. This is why I want it plastered everywhere. It's why it's out there right now. It starts with God is building a home and it ends. We see it taking shape day by day, a holy temple built by God. All of us built into it, a temple in which, underline this in your Bible, God is quite at home. What if we could build a place where God says, it feels like home. What if we could build a, a, a place together where God says, that feels like home to me. Is it perfect? No, no, no. It's full of broken people led by a broken guy. It feels like home. It, it, do we have it all together? No. Are, are only perfect people there? God, no. It's just a, it's where God feels at home. It's why we're always a presence-driven church. It's why we worship like we do. It's why I preach like I do. It's why in just a moment our prayer team's going to come and give you a chance to experience the presence of God. It's why you feel the presence of God right now because I've asked God and we and our dream team and I'm inviting you. I'm inviting every one of you into the journey to build God a home where God is quiet at home. And where the lost and broken, maybe you, Bow your heads and close your eyes. Jesus, I uh, I thank you for the blessing of this church and what it's meant, how it's um, changed lives, how hearts have been changed. And I thank you for the hundreds of people who've been saved here. I thank you for people in small groups who've found free. I thank you for Christina, Becca, Vanessa, Rosa. Lives are changed because they found a family. They found a home. People baptized. People baptized in the spirit. People finding hope again. People finding mission and really joining God in the mission to make a difference in the world. God, I pray over the next six weeks, I really just kind of prophesy into this season of our church family. I speak hope and life and vision baptize me with a vision of home what it means to play my part do what God's called me to do help me to build brick by brick, stone by stone help me to build God a home where your presence can dwell where you can be quiet at home I pray for every person that calls this church their family I pray for people who are on the fence today tonight would be a great time to join the church say yes to mission God, you don't want anything from us. You want everything for us. God, you, you, you want blessing for us that comes with family. You want provision. You want rest, permanence, refuge. All that comes with home. I thank you for a church family. It feels like home. Now, nobody's moving around. And if you're here today, and you, you, you're the one that needs a home. You're the one that feels spiritually disconnected, far from God. Feel like the younger brother more than the older. You feel like, man, I've ran away. I know I'm not where I should be. I'm cold. You may be saved and far from God. You may know you're lost today. This church is always going to be a church. You can come home. I'll never close the service and not give you a chance to come home. So if that's you, I'm not going to ask you to stand or raise your hand. I'm just going to lead you in a simple prayer. Matter of fact, everybody's going to pray it with you. I cannot pray this prayer for you, and I can't pray it with you. 
Savior Jesus, thank you for the cross. Thank you for dying for my sins. I believe that God raised you from the dead. I repent of all of my sins. I give you my whole heart. Save me today. Be the Lord of my life for the rest of my life. I'm coming home. In Jesus' name. And everybody shout amen. Thank you for joining us today. And a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. You know, it's because of you that we're able not only to bring this message to you, but we're able to offer hope and life to the San Antonio Hill Country and beyond. So if you'd like to give today, you can visit cityhillstx.com right now. And if this message blessed you, why don't you click subscribe or share this message with your friends uh, on your socials. I pray it's a blessing to others in your world. Thanks again for listening today. God bless you.